And hello everybody, Peter here with Peter's Content Free Podcast, Episode 7, Season 1, Volume 1 still. I hope you're all doing well. Uh, just by, I just want to start out by saying welcome everybody, I hope you're having a, having a good day. And just by the pure uh, nature of the beast, um, I do want to give you a little heads up that this podcast uh, may have slightly more content in it than than usual uh, and that I want to apologize for just just at the beginning but uh, I'm not really sorry for it but if it's something that's going to bother bother you I just want you to know ahead of time uh, it's just because normally um, this podcast doesn't have very much content uh, because nothing much happens in my life and so I just kind of babble on about uh, you know other little random things that happen to me you know like I go to the store or I make a pot of coffee, and so I talk about those things. But this time, uh, you know, as as some of you may know, I, I went to on a little vacation recently, uh, and I just want to get that out of the way, and I want to talk about it because it's, if it's something to talk about, I'll talk about it, and uh, it's a it's a little more it's a little more topical. It's a topic to talk about, so I will, and and it and it is a little bit of content. So whatever, I'll talk about it. Um, unfortunately, it's been like. It's probably already almost been a week since I got back, and it. I feel like I've already started forgetting stuff that's happened, you know? I wanted to record this almost immediately after getting back, but then my, my computer broke, so on and so forth. And so it's been till just now uh, that I was able to sit down and record this podcast, uh... Anyways, I guess I'll get right it. It is kind of weird how you can forget things, right? What does forgetting something mean? It was in your brain, and then does it stop being in your brain? Or is it still in your brain and you just stop being able to access it? And then sometimes something, something triggers something else, and then you're able to access it again. How, how do you know when something is forgotten for forever? Uh, I don't know. Like, is anything ever really forgotten for forever? You don't know until you... It's just like, you, you don't know unless you just never remember it again until you die. That, that's, all you, that's the only way to know. And then you don't know because you're dead. That kind of bothers me a little bit. That you never know something is forgotten. And you don't know, and you don't know what you've forgotten because you've forgotten it. You don't know what you've forgotten until you remember it. That's like the unknowns, the known knowns, known unknowns, and unknown unknowns things. It's kind of like that, but with memories. Uh, the human mind. It's a weird thing that bothers me a lot. But I can only, it only bothers me because it's, itself, it's kind of itself bothering itself. Anyways, I went on this trip. Uh, a couple friends of mine uh, that I knew from an old summer job. and uh, One is just a friend that I knew through a friend and is a friend now. Um, uh, they graduated from college, and uh, they were like, hey, you want to go on a trip with us? We're going out west. We're going to Colorado. We're going to Utah. We're going to visit some We're going to visit some national parks. It's kind of a mix between a, a road, tri road trip and, uh, and camping at some campsites and stuff and doing, doing some hiking, looking at some nice views. Uh, and, and it was. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, probably probably about halfway through. 
I'm I'm really a I'm a big homebody. You know, I like being at home. Every now and then, I tell myself I like traveling. I do like traveling, but then as soon as I travel, after just a couple days in, I realize I get reminded again how much I really like being at home and just doing my thing at home. You know, uh, but. Anyway, I did have a good time. I was gone for like 10 days, and I had a good time the whole 10 days, even even while I was, even if while, like, I was having a good time, I wished I was also at home. You can have two seemingly conflicting feelings at the same time and still feel the fullest of both those feelings. It's possible. We're, we're complex people. We can do that. Um, anyways, um, we saw a few amazing places like uh, Zion National Park. We saw, stayed there, excuse me, stayed there for a couple days. That place, probably one of the favorite places that we, we went. I uh, we went to Bryce Canyon National Park. See if I can remember all these off the top of my head. Uh, we went to Capitol Reef National Park. Uh, and then I posted, I posted like a little like album of images on Instagram. All of this I was just kind of documenting on Instagram uh, and then sometimes it would it would also like copy over the post onto Facebook. Um, and then when I posted this on Instagram about the Capitol Reef part, um, I when I wrote Capitol Reef, I wrote accidentally wrote Grand Reef instead. And then I edited the Instagram post to Capitol Reef. And on Insta on Facebook though, it probably still says Grand Reef, and people have probably. Uh, actually, I don't think they've corrected me, but it still says the wrong thing. It's fine. I don't have the Facebook app on my phone. I like deleted it one day in a fit of in a fit of paranoia, so I haven't reinstalled it yet. But I still have the Facebook Messenger app, which is probably a little hypocritical and defeats the whole purpose of defeating of deleting the Facebook app. Um, it, it, anyways, it was it's dumb and it, it doesn't it doesn't make a difference. If if they want to spy on me, these these big companies can spy on me. I don't know why they would want to spy on me. Anyways, that, that, that also probably isn't the point. Anyways, anyways, anyway, we also went to Ar Arches National Park. Went to Arches. I feel like I'm missing one. We went to Hanging Lake State Park in Colorado. Went to the great, um, no, it's called Rocky Mountain National Park, I think it's called. Colorado. Um, yeah, we went to all of the national parks in Utah and one or two or three or something in Colorado. And it was a great time. It was all beautiful. What the impression, look, the, these places, these national parks in Utah, uh, they're all beautiful. There's a lot of beautiful, incredible stuff out there. But ultimately, uh, Utah, it really feels like a giant desert wasteland that was that was how I felt that was the conclusion I came to even when you're when you're driving through the state and even when you're driving through the actual national parks you still feel like you're in a big desert like even when you go into Arches National Park like you enter like Arches National Park proper and it doesn't suddenly become that much more amazing like it's the, the, the grand sweeping vistas are incredible, right? You can see much farther than you can ever see here in North Carolina, except for, I guess, if you go to the ocean or something. You can probably see even farther. I don't know. I, I don't know how far I can see. How, how far can you see if you go to the ocean? 
Is there something that tells you how far you can see due to the curvature of the earth and the ocean stuff? It was it like, how far away is the horizon if you stand on the beach? I'm guessing. Someone look it up. I'm guessing if I look at the horizon, I'm guessing the horizon is seven miles away. I could be totally wrong. It could be one mile. It could be 70 miles. I'm just giving, guessing seven. You guys know what I mean though? Like if I look at the horizon, how far away is the farthest point I can see? Is that like a weird question to ask? Did I word it weird? If I stand on the beach and look out at the, at the water, how far can I see before like the earth drops off or something? I don't know. Anyways, driving through, like you pull, go into arches, you go in there, and it looks amazing. But if you look on the, the, the pamphlet for arches, it says, Arches National Park boasts over 2,000 naturally formed rock arches, freestanding. And you can drive for a good 20 minutes through this park and see zero arches. If they say there's 2,000 arches... You, you expect to start seeing these things popping up everywhere like a forest of arches. But I guess the, the park is actually pretty big and the arches are spread out and then you realize that they have all these little um, requirements for what is, is an arch. And it turns out that to be, it required, you know, to be an arch, um, it has to be a hole through a rock um, three feet uh, in any direction, either three feet wide or three feet deep, you know, and you just have to be able to see light out the other end. So it could be like a little hole just big enough uh, to stick a yardstick, you know, a three foot yardstick through uh, as long as you can see light out the other side. Or it could be a hole like in a, in a, in a rock, just to, you could stick a a yardstick through long ways, like sideways, I don't know. Anyways, most of the arches, there are a lot of really big uh, impressive, mind-bogglingly, like it's just crazy arches. You know, very picturesque stuff I'd only ever seen in, on like postcards and license plates and in textbooks and stuff before I went up. I touched them, I hugged them, took pictures in front of them. People were standing. I did all sorts, of, and it, it felt good. It was great. They, they were bigger in real life than they are in pictures, which was a good thing. Unlike, uh, you know, like that Salvador Dali, the imp- the what's that song? What's that picture with the melting watches? The imp- the impermanent, the per- uh, memory, the um, persistence of memory. Is that what it's called? Persi- I think that's what it's called. Persistence of memory? That, that's probably not what it's called. That, I have actually seen pictures of that in textbooks that are bigger than the actual thing. Anyways, the arches were pretty cool. I liked them. And it makes you think, you know, like there's little plaques and stuff. They're like, these arches, such and such, they were formed this way. And and you think about all the arches uh, that could have come before uh, that could have already fallen down, that uh, could have been standing all around you in that area, maybe even all around me here today. Probably not. There's probably not the right kind of dirt here or something. Like how many arches used to be here that aren't there anymore? And then it makes you think, like, this arch soon won't be here. Like that was the main reason I wanted to get my picture taken with with it because i mean this crap you see like pictures you know like little little like uh headlines all the time in the news like 
Boy Scout troop knocks over balanced rock or something. Like, th this arch could actually fall down in my lifetime. Probably not likely. If it does fall down in my lifetime, it's probably because, um, you know, like, you know, like a busload of tourists went up to try to stand on top of it and take a picture with it. Because you're not actually supposed to go up on top of most of the arches. Um, but it probably won't fall down due to natural causes in my lifetime. But it's cool to get my picture with taken with something like big and monumental and 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 fragile like that. Uh, but it might not. It well, I guess nothing. Probably nothing will be here one day, ever. Everything will be nothing one day. But anyways, so I should probably get my picture with taken with everything, shouldn't I? Trying, I'm just trying to figure this stuff out. Anyways, and then also thinking not only how many arches used to be here, but then all, also how many arches might soon be here. Because there's like huge, huge mountains of rock everywhere. Very cool looking rock. You can see like faces and stuff in the rock. Very cool. I, I really like, one of my favorite things of this whole trip I took, there were very cool rocks everywhere. Mountains, big, little pebbles, mountains, they're all very interesting to me. Just the the textures. Textures? Textures? Is this word like mature and mature? How many of you say mature? And how many of you say mature? I feel like I say mature if I'm trying to seem mature. But if I'm just being a regular person, I just say mature. Textures. Textures. I like the textures in the rocks. I do. And I noticed sometimes as I was like walking over like a little rock, it had the same textures uh, like shrunk that that were on the big rocks, like blown up, you know? Like little versions, like the same thing, just in a different scale, which is also very cool to me. I like using textures in my drawings that I've seen in places like rocks and, you know, like brick walls, sidewalk cracks, my walls sitting here right in front of me. There's little ripples in the paint and stuff. I like that. And so I think I got a lot of inspiration that way. People kept on posting, uh, you know, I, I posted these little albums, you know, on Instagram and uh, uh, Twitter, Facebook and stuff. They're like, oh, can't wait. You're, you know, Peter, you can't wait to see some amazing landscapes from you, 100%. Like I was definitely gonna draw some landscapes now that I had seen land or something, I'm like, I, I've, I've, I've been looking at my apartment for this apartment for two years and I haven't drawn this apartment and this apartment is pretty amazing. And, and I don't, I don't know if my mind necessarily works like that. I don't necessarily see something amazing and draw it line for line. I, I don't know. I kind of, it's more like I put what I see into the coffee maker and then add the hot water of whatever creativity is running through my system. And then uh, then we have the coffee, which is my drawing. It's kind of all strained together and boiled and the, 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 the beans are the, the beans are the stuff I was looking at. And the, the bean water is what I draw kind of, it's all, I don't know my metaphor. It's, 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 it's just, what I saw is kind of swimming around in my drawings. It's not it's the same thing exactly. I don't ever feel like drawing the same thing exactly as what I saw. That's what I'm trying to say. I feel like I can't talk anymore. It's okay, fine, look. I saw amazing things. I'll, I'll tell you what my favorite ones were. Zion National Park, I think was my favorite one. We hiked up to a place called Angel's Landing. It was incredible. 
oh, just the, it was amazing. There was like, I was impressed just how much of the hike, (laughs) I mean, this probably discredits the hike a little bit, but I was just impressed by how much of it was like paved like a sidewalk. I mean, I used to work at a youth camp, uh, which was kind of on a mountain and I was just discouraged when I had to hike up, you know, like hike, you know, like go up there and move some rocks or hike a rope, rope up to the cliffs or something. And th- these guys had, you know, paved a sidewalk up thousands of feet of, you know, tr- hiking cliff and trails and stuff. And, you know, like there were all these switchbacks and stuff called Walter's Wiggles. If y'all have ever been there, Walter's Wiggles, that's an impressive trail right there. And then eventually the, the paved part, like a side, just because it was a sidewalk though, uh, I would not necessarily say it was uh, wheelchair accessible. Some uh, some parts of the sidewalk were still like 45 degrees, you know, inclined. It was pretty crazy. And it was just like sheer, just a sheer drop off. You could just, if you fell off that, you just fall for thousands of feet, just right off and just be, you'd just probably just be atomized at the bottom if you hit the, hit the bottom. There was like a little, there's like a little plaque at the bottom saying, you know, there have been, there have been, 14 f- f- fallings or something. They have some kind of weird way of wording it. Kind of on the nose, but kind of not saying that people have fallen off and died since, you know, this many people in this long. Since the, anyways, so we went up and eventually the sidewalk ended and you had to like wind your way up the very, like the ridge of this really high, sharp cliff and, uh, Part of the way you had to like hang on to this chain and I was really impressed by this chain. You didn't have to hang on to the chain. Uh, I did sometimes just because uh, the rock you were stepping on was kind of soft and sandy and sloped and uh, if you slipped you were dead. So I hung on to the chain sometimes and I was really impressed by the chain because it was very very hot outside and this chain was not hot. The chain didn't get hot at all. In fact, the I don't know how how this chain didn't sit up there in the hot sun all day and not get hot. I don't know. That that impressed me. It did. Also, I was also impressed that people took the chain way up there. I think they hiked it up. I don't know. Maybe they did use a helicopter or some sort of machine, but I think they must have hiked it up. But I don't, I don't know. I talked to... They're like... Every now and then you'd see a park ranger walking around. Just someone in like these... Half of them... I was wearing pants just because, I don't know, I'm like a pants-wearing type of guy half the time. They weren't like hot pants, but, I don't know, pants are not, not like a bad thing to wear while outdoors, but the park rangers often were wearing pants and long sleeve button-up shirts and like some sort of vest, but they also wore those cool park ranger hats, but they weren't like rangers, like, I don't know, like, they're more like volunteers, you know, like walking around just like beautification, picking up trash and stuff, making sure everything was cool in the park. And we're talking to one of them while we were sitting down in a cool spot of the trail once, eating our lunch. And he was talking about how most of this stuff, uh, well, now I'm second guessing myself. Well, it either happened in the 60s or the 20s. I don't know why I'm getting those mixed up, 60s or the 20s. But he said that they all lived up there on the cliffs. Like They like camped out on the cliffs and, and, and like some sort of weird like trail building commune like just building it all. And he said he would have given anything to been up there. It does seem pretty cool. Just like build, building those trails. 
thousands of feet up in the in 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 the Zion National Park on these crazy cliffs, amazing views. It, it does seem pretty amazing. And then we got up there, and one of my favorite things that we saw everywhere, almost everywhere we went, were these tiny little chipmunks running around everywhere. Chip, I don't know if you guys have seen chipmunks before. Probably on TV. Isn't there like Alvin and the Chipmunks? I think those are chipmunks, but these are real life ones. And they're just like the cutest thing to me. They're like squirrels, but smaller and cuter and like less aggressive. And they, they hung around a lot because, on the top of this area because that's where everyone stopped and would eat their snacks and people would feed them, of course. And so that's where they hang, hung around because if you could get food, even though this at the bottom there was a sign that said there was like a 300 or 200 dollar fine for feeding wild animals people would still do it of course you can't stop people from doing what they want to do um and so the chipmunks would run around and they would even you know like run up and sniff your backpack and stuff because you know they want your trail mix and your apples and bananas um they want that crap and i eventually realized when we were at some other place i think it was at hanging lake national park that I could just put out my hand with my fingers put together like I had something in my hand and a chipmunk would run up and like grab my fingers and nibble at my fingers trying to pry the non-existent snacks out of my fingers. So it was a very intimate chipmunk experience for me. I mean, they would, they would nibble on my fingers and I liked, I liked that a lot. I did. It's probably not very fun for the chipmunk because they went they went to a lot of work to not get any food. Uh, but I think there are a lot of other chipmunks out elsewhere in the world uh, that never uh, get food just fed to them by humans so that those chipmunks are probably a little bit spoiled anyways. Or, I don't know, we've probably ruined them, you know, because the signs say keep the wildlife wild. So we've probably thrown them a little bit out of whack by feeding them, like messed up their normal eating and hunting and gathering. I guess they probably don't hunt very much, but they're gathering habits or something. Maybe maybe they forgot how to actually get normal food or something. I don't know. Whatever. I still liked it when the chipmunk nibbled on my finger. The hanging lake was a be was beautiful. Uh, yeah. It was just like you hiked up there. It was like a mile and a half up in the side of this mountain, almost right next to the interstate. Uh, and then you could just sat there like the whole time you'd hike up is very hot but the trail goes up around this waterfall river going down the whole time and every time you got near the river it would get really cool because you could feel just the coldness emanating up off of the river and it was just like beautiful forest greenery all around you too just like you could f hear and feel the river just gurgling and gushing and pouring beating down the mountainside the whole time uh, it was just refreshing to feel and listen to all around you. And then you finally got up to Hanging Lake, which I guess is called that because it's just like a lake, a lake perched up on the mountainside, you know, like a mile and a half up there. And you just, it's just like these waterfalls going down to this lake. And the lake is just like perfectly glass clear. There's like a couple of logs going across. And you can just sit there and chill. And at first we were a little bit cold because we had just been hiking and there was like some sweat, you know, like evaporating off of us. But then, oh, the sun came out and we just like sat there and we didn't move for quite a while and nobody talked. I just sat there and, and lay there. It was amazing. 
We took some pictures, of course. We all took a lot of pictures everywhere we went. You know, because my phone has that uh, has that iPhone Seven, which takes good pictures. But, you know, every time I post on um, on Instagram, everyone's like, several people message me like, "Hey, Peter, what camera are you using?" I'm just like, "It's my iPhone," and it takes that. It has that portrait mode feature, which like makes your face all crisp and the the background all blurry. So it look makes it look like you're using like a fancier camera than you really are with the depth of field and everything. That was pretty cool, except sometimes you could, like around the edge of your face or whatever, you could kind of see where it was messing up. There's like a little like a little ridge around your face where it wasn't, it didn't like make it clear and blurry like it was supposed to. Um, and also, sometimes if your face or part of your, part of the foreground, like part of your face was like the same color as the background, it would take like a part of, like a chunk of your face out and make it blurry and it looked like you were just missing a chunk of your head, which is kind of creepy and cool. Creepy and cool. Bryce Canyon was cool. I felt like Bryce Canyon, uh, I love the textures there. It felt a lot, we went to Bryce Canyon right after Zion National Park and uh, the rock textures there were just, it was much more orange and it, it felt much more knobbly and it just it was more knobbly. You could just tell it had all eroded much differently. And I felt like I was in the Middle East somewhere. I felt like I had stepped into a different country, different part of the world, really. It was crazy. I really did feel like I was in the Middle East. But I liked Bryce a lot. Um, they have these tall, knobbly rock formations they call hoodoos. And I really like saying the word hoodoo. So... Um, I enjoyed the hoodoos, looking at the hoodoos. Some of the hoodoos they had named, there was a place called uh, the Queen's Garden or something. Apparently, uh, some of the hoodoos, to some people, looked like one of the queens of England. I I didn't quite see it. And one of the hoodoos looked like uh, Thor's hammer or something. I might have, could have seen that. There's, one of them looked like the head of a hammer, but I couldn't, there wasn't a good handle to it. So that part was a bit of a disconnect for me. And at one point, um, one, of, one of my friends, uh, she almost got bit by a rattlesnake. Uh, I wouldn't say almost got bit, but we were walking along and suddenly there was like the, you know, like the rattly. And it was probably less than a foot away from her foot. And she jumped away from it. And then I was like, like I was like peering at it. It was like right next to the trail. I peered, Peter peered at it. And then like, the next, there's like another person walking up the trail behind us and they started peering at it. And then, you know, I might've taken my phone out. I probably did. And, uh, uh more people kind of wa walked along towards us and saw what was going on. And before long, of course, as people filtered along the trail, everyone was like formed, everyone formed like a big respectful circle around this rattlesnake as it crossed the trail. And kind of struggled its way up this rock and then one person walked along and like didn't even realize what was going on and like walked along right next to it and was looking like funnily at all of us like we were crazy and I was like look at what we're looking at don't look at us like he didn't even look down at the ground at what we were looking at it's like like he was like a little bit upset at us for blocking the path or something didn't even realize there was a snake there or something. Anyways, that day, uh, I was taking all these like snap uh, these Instagram stories 
But when you're out there, there's no service. So the Instagram stories don't post. And when you, uh, then when you get back to service, you post them all, right? But that day, I was really sad because I got back and all my Instagram stories disappeared. So like, uh, like all my, I had a bunch of funny stuff. I did have funny stuff, but I, I don't really want to talk about it because it's just, it's never as good to describe it. So, yeah, but there, so my footage of the rattlesnake, I had good footage of that dang rattlesnake, but it's gone now. You have to take my word for it. Yeah. So after that, I learned to turn on the little feature on Instagram that makes a copy of the of whatever Instagram story you make and makes a copy of it on your phone so you can repost it later. That's what I did. I learned the hard way. A whole day of stories gone. Hmm. Hmm. And then we went to uh, uh, Bryce. No, that's where we were. We went to Capitol Reef. There was an arch there. What's the difference between an arch and an arc? A-R-C-H and A-R-C. Is an arc? Uh, here's my guess. Here's my, no, I'm unguessing. I think an arc, A-R-C, is a geo, geoma, geometrical, geometrical, geometry. Why is it pronounced geometry and geometrical? Why isn't it pronounced geometrical? Geometrical. I think an arc is a geometrical shape, right? Or a geometrical concept. And an arch is more of some sort of maybe architect architectural design. And then uh and a bridge. I don't know. I, it, anyways, this this um this Capitol Reef place had an arch that they called a bridge for some reason, even though you couldn't go over it because it's really hard to get up to it. My friends tried to go up to it and try to take a picture of them on it, but they, 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 they couldn't get over like like over the actual arch bridge thing. No, nobody could go over the bridge. It was a pointless bridge. What point? Why call it a bridge if nobody can go over it? I guess because it bridges two things. A bridge can bridge things without people bridging it, I suppose. Anyways, that place was cool. I liked I liked it. I liked the, the, the rocks there, the, the greenery, the textures of the rocks. That's I think that's what makes me like a place or not, the textures of, of the rocks. Mm -hmm. And uh, another place we went, we did some rock jumping. There was like a little a place with a dam and a waterfall and uh, did some rock jumping. Unfortunately, I only did rock jumping once because I didn't think far enough ahead and I took off my glasses, uh, you know, to go swimming and rock jumping. And then I couldn't see crap, man. I couldn't see to climb up there. And at one point I slipped on this waterfall thing you had to climb up to to get up onto the top to jump off of. And I slid down this rock waterfall and Frankly, I'm I'm pretty surprised. I'm pretty surprised I didn't get hurt, but I just bounced down this slippery rock waterfall on my butt and into the water because uh, I couldn't see like where to grab, you know, put my feet or put my hands because I'm I'm pretty blind as a bat without my glasses. To be honest, I can't see anything. Um, so after that, uh, my friend helped me up, uh, and then I jumped off. 
I jumped off and it was fun, but I just jumped off once just cause I was like, I just do it once. I don't, I don't feel like going through all that without my glasses on again. You know, it's like, it's a bit of a handicap vision being blind, mostly blind. I don't know. It's weird, but glasses are cool. What do you think people here? Here's my two opinions. Uh, either it used to be that people's vision didn't used to be as bad. Like when were glasses first invented? Before that, what did people do if they had bad vision? Because if someone had as bad as vision as mine before glasses were invented, invented, I, I don't know what the heck they would have done with their lives, you know? Because it, it mattered even more than being able to see. Like you couldn't go out and like work on a farm or defend yourself. I mean, I guess you could work on a farm. You could see, I mean, you could plow a field with bad vision, I suppose, but you couldn't hunt. You, you, you know, you can hardly see who someone is more than 10 feet away unless you hear their voice. But I think maybe people's vision might not have been as bad because they didn't spend as much time sitting around staring at computer screens and stuff. Cause I think that might've probably uh, contributed to the decline of my own vision. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't, I'm not, I'm no ophthalmologist or whatever, but, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if all the endless hours I spent sitting around, first of all, staring at close things like the paper in front of me at school, but also all the time sitting around staring at computer screens two feet away from my face without ever taking any sort of eye strain break, um, probably contributed to the, the decline of my vision. I wouldn't be surprised. That's all I'm saying. So maybe people just didn't have vision that was quite as bad in the past. Quite as bad. I'm pretty sure they'd had vision that was bad because, you know, people still had glasses and stuff back in the day before computers uh, and stuff like that were invented. But I don't know. I don't know. That really stresses me out, the thought of someone having vision as bad as mine without having glasses. I like, I feel really sorry for that person. I don't even know if that person exists, but you don't hear, hear stories. Like, I feel like that would have been a defining trait of someone. Like if I existed a thousand years ago, that would have been one of my defining traits. Peter, the guy who can't really see that would have, I couldn't, I feel like I wouldn't be able to function very well, but maybe I would have just learned how to get along. I don't know. I just don't know. I have to think about that some more. And I've already thought about it a lot. I have. But maybe, I think I've, I think I've forgotten some of the things I thought about. So I have to rethink. Yeah, and then we also went to the Rocky Mountain National Park, which was amazing. There in the Rocky Mountain National Park, I think it's uh, part of the part we went to where we camped. Where we camped was called Estes Park, Estes. Estes? I think it's pronounced like testes without the T. Estes Park. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. Estes Park, we camp there, and then uh, you can go and then go hike around in the actual Rocky Mountain National Park. And uh, those were that was just amazing. It was great. It, this it was it was shockingly different than other places we've gone uh, because uh, it wasn't a desert. It was sharp. You know, it was like sharp. It was, it, there were mountains. There were, you know, mountains and trees. And these mountains were snow-capped mountains. They were laden with snow. And it was amazing. It's breathtaking, inspiring. 
it was a, I loved it. I loved it. I did. I liked it a lot. Uh, and we also drove uh, on a road that wound and winded its way up the mountain as apparently the the highest paved, like maybe connected. You know, they have all these little things. It's like there's some loophole here. This If they didn't throw this one word in, then something else would actually be the best or something. It's like the highest connected paved road uh in you know in the united states or something some road that goes up a mountain that goes to like twelve thousand feet high we drove up that they even had a visitor center at the very top it was amazing uh it was great drove up it drove back down it but we went hiking uh the hiking was great we went up there were like all these little lakes we went by uh it was the bear the bear lake trail we hiked on and then we went by this one lake i think it was I can't remember the names of the lake. I think one of them was called Dream Lake or something. And then there's two lakes that we went by that were only frozen. They were like frozen on the edges. And then the lake at the top where we finally got to uh, was completely frozen over. I don't think it was frozen over to the point where you could uh, walk on it. But it was like more of a slushy, cracky, frozen-ish, maybe just a layer of unmelted snow perhaps more that sort of thing i didn't see anyone walking on it uh, but it was kind of it was very cool because it was kind of like a little lake it looked kind of like a little crater lake like a tiny little crater lake because everything went up around it but i guess that's how lakes work you know i guess that's can you guys hear my neighbors yelling and screaming i think i feel like i asked that every video i guess i'll just i'll just stop um but the lake that little lake at the top of that trail uh i loved it I loved it. Uh, and that's where I took a little picture of of me feeding the wildlife, which I think was illegal, but I had a goldfish on the palm of my hand and I managed to get a picture of some sort of bird uh, snatching that out of the palm of my hand, uh, which I, I got that idea, of, which I saw some, I saw some photographers doing the same thing uh, down at a previous lake we were at. And I just thought those photographers, those dudes look like Disney princesses. They were held their hands out, and then there are these little birds, and the birds would just come up and land right on their hands and then take off again, and it was it was crazy. I was awestruck. And then I tried it with Cheez-Its and didn't work as well, but then I went over when the photographers left and grabbed one of the goldfish off the rock. They left, they dropped a goldfish. And I, I, I grabbed one of their leftover goldfish and took it up to the next lake. And I managed, actually, I, I think I found two goldfish. And I, I fed one bird there at that lake and one bird at the next lake and managed to take a picture. And I was very happy about it, mostly because I liked feeling uh, the bird's weird little scrapey, scratchy claws on my hand as it flew by and grabbed the goldfish. Uh, but probably so. I've probably got like a bounty, a price on my head now for a couple hundred dollars for breaking that rule. Uh, so I probably, I don't know if I can go back to the national park system in Colorado now. Uh, which is regrettable, but maybe worth it. Also, around this lake, there's a very, a bunch of very steep, snowy inclines. Uh, which you could barely, on which you could very, very clearly see... Uh, like marks going down them, which I we, we quickly realized were ski marks, people skiing down. They were very steep inclines, very steep. And I was very surprised 
that people could be skiing down these because I, I felt my, I could see myself dying instantly, honestly, just instantly dying. Um, but people did it. And then as we were sitting there at the, at the top at the peak of our hike, we saw a guy on a little rock. He was just a little speck of a guy across the lake, this frozen lake, at the bottom of the, the, the mountain there, putting on some skis and starting up the hill, the hill, just little, just little, this little speck inching up this huge mountain to go up there. And eventually he got so, got so steep, he had to put his skis on his back. Cause I guess there's something you can put on your skis to make it so it's easy to climb up hills or something, snowy hills or something. Anyways, he eventually had to put his skis on his back and we sat there for a good while as he slowly made the ascent. Uh, but we had to leave after a while, and even after we left, he still hadn't made it to the top. It took him, it probably took him a long time, and just to think, it would only take him a few seconds to ski down. I guess only a few seconds, but I guess it'd all be worth it. I guess. I don't know. It'd probably be a great view at the top, too. That's a plus. It's a plus. It's about the journey. You know what, you know, what, what, you know what people always say. Yeah, that's what they always say. If he wanted to do it, he should do it, and hopefully not die. It didn't look... He, he probably knew what he was doing, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, but I liked the Rocky Mountain State Park. The, the lakes were amazing, the reflection of the lake, the snowy trails. There was snow on almost all the trails, but the snow was packed, packed hard by all the people walking on it, on the trails. You would sink into it off the trail, um, but going down was pretty fun because you could kind of slide and kind of ski in your ski, you know, kind of like just in your shoes or your boots or whatever you're wearing. Kind of get a bit of ski, slidey, slippery, snowy action going on there. It's pretty fun. You had to be careful if there are people in front of you, uh, which there were a couple times, but nothing too bad happened. And sometimes people uh, were hiking up there with like little kids and they had to turn around because uh, the kids just couldn't make it. It was too steep and slippery. And I just, I'm glad they did, kind of, because there were a couple times where these these sl steep, slippery, snowy drop-offs uh, to the side, and I could just, in my mind's eye, I just saw these kids just shooting off the side of the mountain into the trees and stuff down there, and I was like, just, it's not worth it, guys, just turn around. It's, it's just not worth it. Same thing with when I went to the Angels Landing thing in Zion National Park, with that really treacherous trail I was talking about that was like really scary with the chains and stuff you had to hold on to. Didn't have to hold on to. Could hold on to if you wanted to. Um, like sometimes like really old people did it and that's fine. But one after we were sitting up there, enjoying ourselves, you know, eating lunch at the top and whatever, enjoying the view, uh, the chipmunks, uh, a group of people came up and someone had like a... Like a little kid, like, I don't, I'm not good at telling how old kids are. But it looked like this kid was like five, five years old or something. Maybe six years, seven, eight, I don't know. Five or eight years old. And they had this kid on like a chest harness, like a chest harness on this kid. And a rope, like, and like tied to the adult or something. I, I'm like, this is just not a good idea. This is just not, that's just not worth it. And I just didn't like that adult. I just didn't. It's not, I, I'll, like if that kid falls, I don't think it would pull the adult off probably, but the kid will fall and just start swinging and probably smack against something. 
the the rope is probably only like 10 feet long but still it's just if you think the kid is going to fall if there's a big enough chance the kid is going to fall that you have to put a harness on the kid don't bring the kid I don't know that's just my opinion they can do whatever they want it's their lives their kid uh, but that's my opinion on the matter just let the kid fall you know I don't know. <laughs> and then someone else had their kid on an actual string around their waist and the string kept on getting caught on the chain and stuff and they kept on like giggling about him and stuff I'm like this is not a giggling matter y'all could freaking die but giggle away it's fine just take the string off this y'all are gonna get caught up untangling the string from something someone's gonna trip on something it's just not good i don't know why y'all mess around with strings and straps and harnesses and stuff it's Someone is going to pull each other off. It's not going to go well. Everyone needs to be on their own, not getting caught on things. That's my opinion, all right? That's just what I think. All right. That's just what I think. Y'all can think wherever you want, all right? Don't be harnessing people, all right? <sighs> but it was a good hike. It was, it was good. Going down. Going down is harder. It's not harder. It's just different. It's a different battle. You know, everyone knows this, you know. Hike up, it's difficult. Hike back down, you use completely different muscles. And you better have good shoes because if you are just smashing your toes into the tips of your shoes with every single step, you're going to regret it. But then, like, uh, the it takes so much, especially on this really treacherous trail where it just it drops off for thousands of feet on each side of the trail you're walking on like the top of a very tall sharp wall it's just like very care it takes i don't know it's like you're like so tense to step down these big rocks and it takes so much i don't know it's like uh you use different you use a lot of different muscles that get used in a lot of different weird ways when you're hiking down for a long time it's i mean i'm not complaining i'm just saying it's interesting it's an interesting just juxtaposition that's what I'm trying to say. But I liked it all. First, I will say, as much as I liked Rocky Mountain National Park, I liked, uh, I think Zion National Park was still my favorite. I don't know, there's something about that place. Maybe it's because it was the first place we went, but it was still amazing. The Hanging Lake was pretty cool. And you gotta be careful when you're driving through these wide open spots. I've heard people talk about it before, but I've never been in this situation, you know, hear, hearing people talk about it and being in a situation yourself is an entirely different thing. Uh, the car we're renting has a little feature. My, my car does not have this feature, but it has a little feature where you can press some buttons, whatever, and it tells you uh, your range that you have left, the amount of miles you can go with the amount of gas you have left in the tank, right? And uh, realized. Uh, we were driving through the night, trying to get to our, trying to get to Zion. We're driving through Utah, I think, and uh, we realized the the gas tank, you know, the needle, it was heading towards empty. We clicked it over, and it said we had 77 miles left on the range. We're like, yeah, that's pretty far. Surely, surely, we can find a gas station before then, right? Uh, and so we started looking, like, we should, we'll, we'll just go to the next gas station and fill up. It was, a, it was in the middle of the night, and we we're on this road, and literally, like, in the middle of nowhere, heading towards this national park. And we just kept driving, 
driving and driving, and we could not find a gas station. And at that point, the longer you drive and the closer that little needle gets to empty, uh, the little you just start getting a little, little bit more nervous. You start thinking about what you'll do. Like, should I stop somewhere obvious right before I run out of gas so that I don't run out of gas in a bad spot, you know, so that I can wait till morning? Or I mean, I have AAA, so I guess I'm pretty sure AAA still works out there. You can call AAA, like, whenever. Like, so I could have called AAA, I guess, if, you know, they, they'll bring you more gas. Pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I've never actually run out of gas before. I think one time I was with my parents and we ran out of gas one time, but we could walk we walked to a very close gas station so it wasn't that traumatic of an experience but we ended up finding a gas station with like 10 miles left on that little range thing some little um a little town called Penguich I think it's I think that's what the town was called Penguich so we filled up and it was very relieving it was it was it was uh, I wouldn't say it's scary. It was a little bit nerve-wracking. You're like, because where, where's all the dang gas stations? And then at that, that time of night, too, it's like 3 o'clock in the morning, 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, sometimes gas stations turn off their pumps, you know? Like they turn off all the lights inside the gas station. Sometimes the pumps are turned off, too. The gas station we went to, the inside was turned off, but thankfully the pump was still on. It still took our card or whatever. We were able to fill up and top off the tank and continue on our journey. Because when you go to these campsites at like Zion National Park, you've got to uh, you've got to get there early so that you can get a spot. You've got to get in line uh, so you can get a spot when one opens up. Because we weren't uh, we weren't like camping out in the middle of absolutely nowhere. We were at actual campsites, more more or less living out of the car and sleeping in tents. That's kind of what we were doing. That's that's how we were going about it. So we weren't like truly, truly rough in it. We're not doing that. Um, we're staying at like campsites, which I mean, it's just a different experience. And I still enjoyed it a lot. It's like a little bit less stressful. And the campsites are nice because they have like, uh, they have bathrooms and some of them, depending on where you are, they have showers and stuff like that. And you can go and refill your water bottles at the little, little pump things. And so it was good. And all the campsites are usually close to like the trailheads and stuff. Or if they're not, they usually have a shuttle uh, to the various trails and stuff like that. So it was all very convenient. And uh, it's a good time. It's a very good time. It's great. I enjoyed it. There was something else I wanted to say. There's always something else I want to say. And I think of the things I want to say while I'm not sitting here trying to say them. <sighs> that's, the, that's the problem. That is the problem. Well, maybe I'll just maybe I'll just say them later. But but I had a good time. I uh, visited a friend uh, while I was in Chicago. I did that. I mean, no, not Chicago, Colorado, Denver. That was good. It's always good to meet old friends. Um, it was a friend from Chicago that I knew when I was in Chicago. Um, so that was cool, and uh, it's a good time all around. I recommend it to anyone. Just, just be prepared for just the wide open desert. It's just it. Most of Utah, no, no offense to Utah, but it seems like most of Utah really is just a desert. It's just a desert, and then even their national parks are just deserts with a few, with, with a few, no, you know, little landmarks sprinkled about 
in the midst. You can hike to and see. And uh, it's all, that's just how it is. It is cool that they've, you know, portioned a lot of it off as national parks. I support that. Uh, I guess to, like, keep people from building stuff on it, you know, to preserve it for, to preserve it for future generations. You know, so for nature. What I don't understand is, aren't we part of nature? I I don't know. I guess we have to. I feel like we're interfering we're interfering with nature by trying to stop us from interfering with nature. Like we are nature too. Whatever we do by messing, quote unquote, messing with nature is messing with nature. But, but, but that also is nature. Uh, like us, like all our crap we do to the earth is also nature. You know, like if we like set off like a nuke and like fry half of the world, that's also nature. Cause we're in the world and we're, you know, we're nature too. If, if a beaver went and chewed down and knocked over a tree, you, you wouldn't try to stop a beaver from doing that. Cause you're like, beaver stop destroying nature. It, I don't know. That's my opinion. It's not a good opinion. I don't think, but you know, the world is not going to stop being here anytime soon. The world's just going to keep doing its thing. Worst case scenario, humans wipe themselves out. And the world will keep on being the world. Nature is... Whatever. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. I have to go stand in the shower and think about it. Yeah. Anyways, I rebuilt my computer. I got built a new computer. Uh, It's not like... It's not crazy. It's better. It's better. It it renders things faster. You know, like when you make a video and it renders uh, what used to take like 30 minutes to render uh, now takes like four minutes so that's good and it's like less glitchy and slow like when I'm actually editing the videos so that's good Uh, that's encouraging that's fun it's like a bittersweet thing whenever I build a new computer because I wanted the other computer to last forever Uh, and I don't like spending money to build a new computer Uh, but it's also nice to have a new fresh power and I like the fresh start I like the fresh start you know that's cool too. But also on the other side, I don't like having to reconfigure everything and set it all up again and re-log in everything and you know, like re-download everything and all these drivers. I, all these things for the last you know three or four years or whatever since I got the other computer that I had been slowly downloading all these programs and setting it all up and configuring it all. Overall, all that stuff, all that work I've been doing over the last three years, I have to do it all at once again or figure it all out. I don't know. It's, it's going to be fine. It's just how it goes. It's just how it goes. Anyways. that That's what I wanted to say. Everything's going good. Uh, I, I, I was building the computer on my, on my floor uh, in front of these, those two big drawings I did that I, the two big two-piece drawing I did with the Sharpies on the big paper. And uh, the maintenance people came by from the apartment to replace my air filter for the air conditioning. Uh, and they just came in because I was doing this all on the floor and I had like cameras and lights everywhere because I was doing like a little stop motion video of some of it, which I kind of abandoned doing. I was doing a stop motion for like the beginning of my computer building progress. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna stop motion all this. Then I just kind of abandoned 
the whole process because I got I got too caught up with building the computer and fed up with some of it, and it was just taking way too long to stop and take pictures every you know like ten seconds or whatever. Uh, so I stopped. But anyways, I was building this computer right in front of all this, and, and the maintenance guys came over, and this this guy he was like totally enraptured. He was just standing in my front door, and he was totally enraptured. Uh, by that big drawing I have sitting there in my front room, the big two-piece drawing I have. And he was just like staring at it. He was like just telling me all these separate things he saw in it. He's like, man, I see like a face over here. This looks like, I see some ribs. That looks like a god right there. And that looks like this and that. How did you think of all this stuff? And he kept on going on and on and on and like, and he's like, man, Tell you what, in a different, different lifetime, in a different state of mind, I could have looked at that forever if you know what I'm talking about. I was like, yeah, I know what you mean, man. All right, see you later. And I had to like close the door on this guy's face because I feel like it would have stood there, stood there forever talking about this drawing. I want to like keep building my computer. Anyways, he just gave me the, usually they come in and like replace the air filters for you. He's, but then he like saw this crap, all this like equipment and stuff I had like strung up everywhere in my apartment. He, they saw it on. They're like, uh, how about we just give you the air filter? And you you know how to replace it yourself? I was like, yeah, you just give it to me. So they just gave it to me, and I still haven't replaced it, but I will, I will, I will do it. Anyways, um, I think that's about all for now. Uh. I'll think of more things to say, and I will put them in the next content-free podcast. Uh, thanks for hanging out, everybody. Hope you'll have a good day, uh, and, uh, and and a good day after that, and after that. It's uh, everything's gonna be okay. I hope so. I I really hope so. I think so. I believe so. Okay. Goodbye, everybody.